you have the American dream. You run your own business. But running a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Before we begin our interview with this week's successful small business visionary, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for helping Small Business Celebration reach a significant milestone. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear an example of why several thousand downloads of owners, managers, general managers, presidents, and CEOs continue to listen to Small Business Celebration on a weekly basis. We thank the tremendous content that our Visioneer guests continue to provide this podcast, our sponsors, and you, Visioneer Nation, who subscribe to this podcast, internalize our guests' valuable insight, and because of it, are growing a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. Our guest today is Ricky Chavez, also known as Marcel. Hey guys, how you doing? And we are recording this here at Arms Media Group, and welcome yep. to the podcast. So our Mars Creative Group is running out of the Beacon Studios. This is the beautiful Beacon Podcast Room, which, as you can tell from your beautiful singing voice, you get the acoustics <laughs> in here. Sounds great. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for having me on, and thank you for letting me be part of this. I've, I've been really enjoying your show since the last time we met. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, this is one of those things that we live in a fantastic digital age. And for our listeners out here, if you're interested in hearing this podcast again, you'll be able to hear it on the R Media's Media Group podcast, which is? The R Mars Creators Outlet. So once we get done with all the beautiful editing that you do, Mike, we're going to go ahead and put it on ours. And that's on iTunes, Spotify, and all those beautiful places. Anywhere where you download podcasts. Correct. This is the, the wave of the future because we have recorded this interview. And for us, we're going to be putting this out the very last week of December. So if you're listening to this, you probably have enjoyed your Christmas gifts and you're about ready to become revelers in the new year. Or and, got you go or got coal. <laughs> or you got coal. And, uh, and you know, I, I'd actually like a, a piece of coal because I've never gotten one. You know, I, I think I've gotten a few, so that's why i got to be careful with what I say <laughs> on this podcast. The thing that I really enjoy about this is we can both share the same media. Mm -hmm. We can both promote each other well. And this is the direction that a lot of business and marketing is going and is doing today. Yep. And how is our Mars Media? And I'm going to stumble over this for the rest of the, the rest of the hour. See, I'm that's, sorry. That's the goal when you name your business. You want something that no one can pronounce, <laughs> because when you can't pronounce it, they have to think about it a lot harder. Exactly. Small business celebration. How delightfully <laughs> boring. You know, I'm just I'm just glad you don't have a lisp because that, <laughs> that would come out pretty rough. Tell us what does our Mars Media Group do. So our Mars Media started off as photo and video digital content. We have clients that started out with like the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Mm. Um, you know, we did some work for California Water Service and doing some other companies around town, just helping out here and there at special events. Then we started doing create content creation for larger businesses, corporations, mm. um, large, big industry type of corporations, mm. and then. Recently, we've just dissolved the external content creation into the Beacon Studios. Hmm. So our Mars Media is no longer handling 
external content. It's part. So all of our stuff is part of the Beacon Group now. So and what is external content for our listeners who don't know? So external content is going to be if you wanted a commercial made for you and mm-hmm. if I'm not part of that business. Mm-hmm. Then that's going to be uh, external content creation because we're still carrying on with our podcasts that I own, mm-hmm. and also our YouTube channels that I own, and I'm helping create at this point because that's one of my passions right now is like YouTube and getting people on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Even though my stuff's so far behind because I've been working on everybody else's, <laughs> so right now that's why our concentration is going to be back onto our Mars Media original content, right. And anything external, we're working with the Beacon Group because we all have our strengths within the Beacon Group. So when we combine together, we just go out and we, we take over. And the Beacon Group is not just Armars Media. No. And who's all involved with, with the Beacon Group? The original Beacon Group members are going to be Jason Mitchell, mm-hmm. which from Prime Resolution mm. is going to be John Merlot from Making Waves Music. Mm-hmm. He's a professional audio engineer. Mm-hmm. Right next door to us is a top-of-the-line studio that he runs here. So if you ever need any, like, voiceover work we do a lot of voiceover work over there Mm. or even like music and recording and also justin cummings from Mm. lca cinema Mm. having that team is really important especially if you're trying to make some really good work because one lesson i learned just recently is i bit off more than i could chew Mm. because telling you earlier you know i have a i have a five-month-old son Mm -hmm. and then i have this business and i have a day job so it's like this perfect storm of when I started getting busy and then I had a baby and then it's like, oh my, I, I just realized I couldn't do it by myself. Right. I needed the team and that's what, you know, I really truly feel like I've been blessed to know these guys because it's so hard to find people you can trust in this industry. What got you into this line of work? Well, you know, to be surprised, I never picked up a camera in my entire life until I was 25 years old. Wow. What happened was my wife actually used to work for this company that they'd give out raffle prizes. Mm -hmm. And one of the raffle prizes was a point and shoot camera. And the very first thing I ever ever did, I mean, I had, I borrowed a camera when I was like 20 years old for my mom to do something, but I I tried it and didn't like it and just kind of put it to the side. What happened was we had this event at work and I was like, Hey, I have a camera. Can I do a video of it? And they're like, yeah. So then I made a little video of it and they they loved it. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, they're like, Hey, can you, can you do some more of this for us? We need some content creation for our, for our website, for our um, PR. And so I was like, yeah, of course I'll, I'll, I'll do it, whatever you need. So I started doing that. And next thing you know, I was researching and I ended up buying my own gear so I could perform better, do better like that. Bought an Nikon 3200, little cheap $400 camera, you know, came with the stock lenses and everything. And that's what I've used for the last four years until I bought a Sony camera and then I bought another Sony camera. So it's just been growing over time, collecting gear, knowing people. And next thing you know, people are starting to see my stuff for the day job. And then they're asking me, Hey, can you come shoot something for us? I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, how much you charge? And then that was the big point. Like <laughs> how much do I charge? How much do I charge? Yeah. <laughs> What's the, what, what do you think is a good charge? You know? And then luckily I had some very good opportunity through the Kern County Hispanic chamber, which were, that's where we met at one of those mixers. Right. And uh, Jay Tamsey reached out to me and he's like, Hey, I need some photos done. I like the way your photos look. Will you come? do some work for me. I was like, oh, of course. So I went out and shot some photos for him. I did some some other stuff for some like the DBA and everything. And then next thing you know, people are asking for commercial work. And that's where it started getting crazy. Doing these videos. I remember the first big video I did was the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce's Dia de los Muertos about three years ago. Mm-hmm. I bought this DJI camera because it was like the thing to get. And so I bought it and it's it's a gimbal stabilizer. It looks really good, but it's it's really bad video con- uh, video format because it's it's like really bad and low light. It's probably the worst camera I could buy to do what I needed it for. Right. 
I ended up doing this video and I got approached by the hospitals around town to do work for them just off of that one video. Wow. Despite the technical equipment came through. Yeah. And, and that was shocking. <laughs> that, that was like, I was like, really? You, you liked it that much, huh? Things led, and then people saw me working these events and they wanted me to go and start creating content for them. You mentioned the, not just the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, but the fact that you were able to parlay the contacts that you made from that into your first set of jobs. Walk us through a lot of that because this is something that a lot of small business owners think about. They go to a mixer, they get somebody's business card, and it sits on their shelf. You really have to understand what your value is. And for myself, I was always under the impression of I wasn't very valuable because, mm. you know, there, I saw guys out there like in Motion Pro, you know, I saw guys like John Luke and I saw those guys. I'm like, I'm nothing compared to those guys. Right, right. But you do have a value and that's what you have to decide what your value is going to be. Whether it's going to be, okay, I need this to make my car payment for the month. So this is what I'm going to charge. And if, you kind of got to learn how to read faces. And that's what I, I kind of tell, like when I play poker with people, I could tell if they own a business or not because, <laughs> you know, you put your cards down and you're like, oh, yeah, I don't got nothing, but I'll stay in. And they they look at you and they read you and, you know, like, oh, you're a small business owner, aren't you? <laughs> you, could, you could tell what your poker face is. I'll beat you with a pair of twos. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And so I'm just like, oh, man, because I've always, I've always liked uh, interacting with people uh-huh. and to leverage that into good relationships that you know that of people that will actually pay you for your work. What I've always done is I've always gone above and beyond because I would hate for my name to be drugged through the mud. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that's Jay's always told me my, my entire time working with him was you only have one name. You know, you got a lot of days to get work done, but you only have one name. And if you ruin that name, that's all you have. Ron, what's with the kazoo? That doesn't sound very much like Christmas holidays. It's because New Year's is just around the corner, and many small business leaders like to inspire their employees and their favorite clients for a terrific New Year ahead. And each time a visioneer reserves an order for our affordable tables, linens, plates, flatware, glasswares, and all the other decorations or tents you may need, we blow a kazoo. But what if I want to reserve all of our party needs from you at Geronco? Is it too late for the New Year? Mike, I'll tell you and any member of Visionaire Nation that listens to this podcast, come on down to our shop at 7501 Brundage Lane here in Bakersfield or give us a call at 661-325-0855 or check us out on our website at Joronco Rentals, that's J-O-R-O-N-C-O, rentals with an S, dot com. Wait, let me get a piece of paper and, and a pen. And that was 7501 East Brundage Lane here in Bakersfield, at 661-325-0855 or on your website at Dronco Rentals. That's J-O-R-O-N-C-O rentals.com. We're here with Ricky Chavez, also known as Marcel, with the R-Mars Media Group. And we're talking about the wave of the future that is present. And mm-hmm. we're talking about podcasts. We're talking about uh, media. And we're talking about, because next week is the new year. It's already upon us. And one of the things that I've been running into that I've been doing a lot of networking events like you, you've mentioned is that the realization for the business owner is coming to fruition or it's dawning on them that marketing has changed. Oh yeah. Tell us a little bit about how that is. 
as you can tell, the beginning of December, actually even towards the middle of summer, social media has taken a big hit in terms of reach content being viewed. A lot of that. And people used to think that, oh, if I put my video on, I'm going to get 10,000 views. Well, that was the case maybe five years ago. Well, it's not that case anymore. So in 2020, it's going to be a challenge for our small businesses to kind of get the return on investment that they used to. Mm. And that's what I'm telling my clients. It's I tell them it's not about you getting out this $20,000 commercial. It's about you getting out $20,000 of value versus them saying, oh, well, I spent X amount of dollars. I want this much back. No, it's about giving the value out. And how do you determine what that value is? Oh, well, it just depends on the industry. So, for example, we have some healthcare clients and healthcare, healthcare clients, it's it's more of about of a human approach. Mm. You know, what's the value? You know, because everyone thinks that these places are faceless corporations that just come in and take money and not give back. And I think that Dignity Health here in Bakersfield, California, Kaiser Permanente, even some of our other healthcare entities are doing a great job of staying in the community and showing like, no, we actually care about this community. I mean, you can go out a couple of months ago, they had the American Heart or the American Heart Association had their heart run, you know, and November they have that walk at CSUB. So there's a lot of things that they're doing in this community that people are like, oh, I saw Dignity Health do this. And it's like, yeah, that's that's why, because they're showing you they care about you. And not until I started doing work for some of these larger corporations, I didn't know how much they actually care about our community. You know, whether it's energy, health, we have a few clients in the uh, restaurant industry. I mean, I, I used to want to open a restaurant and after working <laughs> and doing marketing and content creation for a restaurant, I don't want to own a restaurant. <laughs> I mean, these people live there. Even the smallest taco stands, these people right. live in those restaurants. Right. For me, I have a, a good relationship, especially just to see like uh, one of my clients, the uh, Laminas here in town. Mm-hmm. They're some of the, the best people in town because they care about the people that walk in. They care about the quality. They care about a lot of things. And when you own a business that's constantly moving, constantly growing, constantly, it's always a challenge. And I think they do a great job with that. You know, and like bootleggers on the, on Oak Street, amazing job of what they do. You know, bring craft beer. Like really, they were one of the first craft beer places here in town mm-hmm. just to think that way. And, you know, just to see how these small businesses have, you know, they put everything on the line. It's not like my always imagination was that the way I saw it was I grew up in Delano. So mm-hmm. I don't know you were, you know where that's from? Well, oh, I know. And I'm okay. very familiar with Delano. Yeah. So I, I lived in Delano. I grew up there and I always thought business owners were rich. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Sure. Sure. My dad sure. was an educator. You know, right. my mom worked for a few different places and I, I never knew. I, I grew up with the owners of Tony's pizza. Okay. And to me, you know, all of the family had day jobs, you know, right, except right. for except for the grandfather. Right. And so I always thought like, oh, yeah, you know, these these guys are just ballers. They just have money coming out or whatever. But as I created my own business, started working for other business owners, I realized that that's not the case. A lot of people, they go to work and that's 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 <laughs> their they, life. Yeah. What they make that day is pretty much, hey, we got grocery money. Like, right, right, right. It's just learning how to manage money. That's the biggest thing that these people learn how to do. These successful people you see driving Mercedes and everything, it's they didn't. It wasn't overnight. No, they didn't apply for a job and the next day they're making two hundred thousand dollars a year. It was ten years of suffering and then one year they just had a boom and then they grow. And you touched on something very key, I think, which is the ability to build community. Mm-hmm. It's one thing for somebody like one of your customers, like. 
Dignity Health, mm-hmm. where they have a, a tremendous amount of ad spend available. But a lot of small business owners don't have that. How do you go through and use the value of podcasts, use the value of social media for smaller, single owner, single proprietor business owners and be able to help them build community? Oh, I love that question because everyone thinks that you need a $50,000 budget to get a point across. That's not the case. I think you give, you, you can do a giveaway on social media and you will hit more people than you would spending $10,000 on the radio now. Right. It's just how it works. You know, I'm not poo-pooing the radio because there's a place for everything. The Latino market is huge on the radio. Right. So your ROI compared to that, – that's another thing. You got to look at who your demographic is. If your demographic's a Latino market, I say do traditional media. Spend that $300 commercial on the radio for the Friday ad. Go out and get that because that ROI is going to be better than social media right now. Right. Because the Latino market, I would say, is about three to five years behind – the American market. Right. And now American, I say, is like, you know, Americanized, English speaking, because the like when you go to, whenever I go to my in-law's house, they got the radio playing. Right. You know, they don't have Spotify. They don't have iTunes playing. It's the radio. Right. Find out who, find out who your demographic is. Find out who is, is your main consumer and go after them. Right. And with uh, social media, even they're coming out with the voice stuff. So mm-hmm. Alexa, you can listen to podcasts from Alexa now. Right. I'll refer that to new media versus naming every single thing. So the new media, what I tell people is that it, it can take a, as an investment as small as $50 a month on new media. Right. Sponsor a podcast. Sponsor somebody that reaches your demographic. If you got a – if, for say, you're a B2B business, it would be a great idea to sponsor this podcast. Well, thank you. Yeah. A B2B business, you, you have so many downloads, but those – if you have a niche that you're trying to reach, right. B2B, that's a hard niche to get into. It's it's a lot of legwork, or you can just start getting in. Right. Another thing too is on new media. You know, you have the cost efficiency. Even though for the last couple of months I've been taking money out of Facebook and putting it back into Google mm-hmm. because the algorithms that they're putting out and that whole lawsuit of that whole throttling thing they got. Right. right. I feel this is just my opinion that I feel that a lot of my my Facebook, Instagram have been sandbagged because of that. You're not the first that I've heard that. Yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm pulling a lot of my money out of Facebook and Instagram, and I'm putting it into Google because I can I feel like I control it a little bit better. And how are you determining your SEO? So SEO depends. Well, first of all, tell our listeners what SEO stands for. Uh, search engine optimization. Okay. So if I run the SEO, so if I have access to their website, mm-hmm. then a lot of times I'll have a lot of page based content which is key to their demographic. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't run any of these like back page kind of like stuff that a lot of these people are trying to sell online because it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work anymore. Right. Google is very smart. The AI is a lot faster at learning than any of us are. That's why it's all about the content. It so is. one of my, one of my clients is the current women's business center. Mm. And so we went from having zero to, you know, a couple hundred people on our page, but yet our impact is we're going to niche. We're, we're a niche group where it's not just women, it's just entrepreneurs. Right. So to have a page grow within two months to that type of niche, uh, we actually had our first free mastermind back in October. So every other week we have a mastermind and my niche is marketing, of course. And we go in there, we just, everyone comes with their problems. We talk about it. And this is something that people in the Bay Area spend thousands of dollars on. Right. And so we're giving it away for free. It's about that value. Right. That's something that you can do on new media. We set it up on Facebook. We had 12 people show up to the first one. 
And then the next one grew even more, next one grew even more. So now that that's just providing the value. It doesn't have to be a monetary value on new media anymore. It just has to be good content, good, valuable knowledge. And I think that you have touched on something we harp about on a lot on this podcast. Give value first. Yes. And if you give value first, you'll get the customers. Yeah. And if nothing else, you'll weed out the ones you don't want to deal with in the first place. Exactly. And that's that's the first thing. If someone comes up to you and asks you the price versus what you're going to do for them, that's the first indicator. Right. And and that's the thing that, like, I had to deal with a lot, especially coming up. Like, who have you worked with? Well, I've done work for so-and-so. Oh, okay. Well, have you worked with the budget this size? Yes. Uh, I mean, no, yes, no. And and. So I think with content creation, you know, a lot of places what happened is that when the economy is good, they'll hire their own marketers. Right. So they don't want you to market for them. They just want content because whether their marketers aren't proficient in what they're trying to hire you for, mm-hmm. they're just trying to find the value. I see, I don't quote me on this, but I see a little bit of trouble coming up because I've already seen a, a couple of layoffs in the industries that I work in. So I'm looking at okay, well, maybe these people are going to need that work because what's the first department that gets cut when, when the budget gets cut? Well, the idiots, and, and I mean that loosely, the first people to get cut are the sales department, which befuddles me. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> and but, then comes marketing. You, normally it's marketing. So it depends if, if they have a sales department. Right. So let's say you know these major corporations, they don't really have sales departments. So they'll cut marketing first. Right. So that's where we we maintain a good relationship. We tell them, hey, you know, we're here for you, whatever you need. Right. Because the truth is that if their team goes from a 10-person team to a two-person team, they're going to need a lot of help. As a business leader, you are a visioneer. You are ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than your mainstream competition. But what about your message? If your clients and customers don't clearly understand what you can do for them, you are leaving money on the table. If you confuse, you lose. Here at Small Business Celebration, we have a seven-step solution that can clarify your message and put you in the game. Don't leave money on the table. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session today. We're here with Ricky Chavez with the R Mars Media Group, and I knew I was going to get it right. Hey, the whole podcast. We're just, just going to cut that one, and <laughs> cut and paste, <laughs> cut and paste, over and over. Now, what you've done hasn't happened overnight. No. How did you get, because we talked a little bit about how your first client was the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and how you went through and you used antiquated digital equipment to make things work. But what was the first instance that happened where you realized that, you know, I could actually make this work? It would be that Dia de los Muertos video. Our listeners who aren't... familiar with that video. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, Dia de los Muertos is a great celebration that the Kern County Hispanic Chamber puts on every year. It just happened last month in November, the beginning of November. It's a fantastic thing. It's basically kind of like what I relate to people who are not of the Latino descent. It's kind of, it's just movie Coco, you know, that mm-hmm. whole thing about the history and family and altars. And it has a, a strong presence in, in the Latino community. And they celebrate that. It's pretty cool. They have altars and they do food and all kinds of things. They have dancers. And so when I made that video, I wanted to do real artistic, something that because everyone does these cut and paste, you know, quick cuts and all this stuff like that. And I wanted to do something a little bit more. And I, and I did that and I was able to accomplish that. That was when people were coming up to me and say, Hey, I want to hire you. I want to hire you. I want to hire you. I was like, what does that mean? Like, I, I just do this for a couple extra bucks. You know, it was like gas money and 
and just to just food. I, I mean, people paid me in food at the beginning, you know? <laughs> and uh, you know, that's when people were like, "Oh, I love your photos. I love your videos. Come work for me." And and that's another thing too is that I was offered probably I've off, I've been offered about eight jobs since I started doing this, and and I love my day job. And that's what's going to be a little hard to get away from, you know, because I, I actually like what I do. But just finding the value and creating content is is how I kind of started drawing people towards me. And just that one video is where I was like, hey, I can actually do this because people like my stuff. And, of course, you have the people that hate it. You know, you have all the other people like, oh, you did this. You did. You messed up with here. You messed up with this. But the reality of it is, is that if you're going to pick at every little thing you did wrong, you're never going to be happy with it. Yeah, when you have a $20,000 budget and you leave a Coke can or something out in the shot, yeah, that's pretty stupid. But, I mean, like these little events and things and people are happy with my work. And I think that's when I when I discovered, like, hey, I kind of have an eye for this. What is something that you have learned from that didn't go so well that impacts the way you do business now? There's some things that have gone wrong with some projects. Um, Such as? I, I kind of gave full faith into somebody without taking a deposit. Mm. That was probably my biggest one. You know, we knocked out probably about three grand worth of work and received nothing. Mm. I came out of pocket three grand and never saw a dime from that customer. And this was three grand you didn't have? Uh, yeah, three grand I didn't have. And the, and the thing is, whenever you do video work, you take on the project and you have to get a deposit. Well, you know, this person is someone I had a relationship from with before. I, I thought they would be good for it. You know, oh, yeah, I'll get back to you. I'll get you. I'll get you. I'll get you. And, and next thing you know, in my heart, I, I still talk to this individual. And in my heart, I know it wasn't their call. It was it came from above them. It basically just went awry. And I, I, I don't do that anymore. Money's up front. Anything that costs me money, it, it's all up front because I'm sitting here three grand down waiting supposedly I was gonna get settled out never did and it's, it's to me it's not even worth going to small claims court because then I take time out of my day I lose money on my end so I'll just write it off on my taxes that's how I how I viewed it and this is something that impacts you today because now you ask for everything up front oh yeah yeah because you have to and the thing is it's not just me it's about to create this content it was it was a 360 deal. We did the content, we did the push, we did everything push in terms of marketing. So we went out, we did the legwork, we put it out. And the worst part of it is I, I guess, I guess my relationship, I, I value my relationship more than I valued that money because they still, they still kept carrying the stuff that I put out already. Hmm. So basically it was like a trial basis. They liked it. Boom. Okay. We'll sign up. Boom. And then Nothing. Like, and then they took all that content that I created, took all that stuff and then just went, went, went with it. And that's where I learned. I, Cause I basically, the contract was from that start date and that guarantee of that money where I messed up is that I should have posted and put that file and shared that file after we signed that contract. So contracts are important. People remember that. And now, you know, now, you know, yeah, don't, don't do work up front. Wait till you get that contract signed. And that, when that contract signed, that's when you have content control and everything. And have clauses in there for changes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's the thing too, is that like, that that's something that a lot of creators don't understand is that, yeah, you can have a contract, but are you willing to go to court for that contract? Right. And that's the hard part. You can't, you can't as a sole proprietor or even a small LLC, I can't afford to take a lawyer to small claims court. I can't afford to take a, so many days off to go fight somebody for a couple hundred dollars. I, I'm going to end up maybe not even receiving. Right. 
So if it was like ten, fifteen thousand dollars, a good amount sum that would to me would be worth it. Yeah, I'd, I'd go after it. But to have, and, and you got to realize is if you would, if I would go after that in small claims court, how is it going to look to my other clients? You know, like how's it going to look to people? You know, and especially in this community here in in Kern County, everybody knows everybody, right? And things can get skewed. Things can go one way, even though the truth is over here. They may believe this side over here. So to me, it's not worth it. It's just the PR nightmare and everything would not be worth it. Some of our longtime listeners may be asking this question because very often, all the episodes prior to this one, I have interviewed successful business owners and business leaders who their business is their full-time job, Mm -hmm. has been their full-time mainstay. And the listeners may be wondering, okay, this gentleman has a full-time day job. And yet, why are you interviewing somebody that has a profitable part-time <laughs> business? And I wanted to point out this very important point because one of the reasons why I wanted to do this interview is because there are a lot of listeners, a growing community of listeners that we have on this podcast who do have a full-time day job, but at the same time are developing a strong and profitable business on the side and a business that is making money, that is growing, but at the same time they like keeping what they do for a living as their day job. Mm-hmm. For our listeners who are sitting there kind of wondering what's going on here, that's the point of this interview yeah. is to let you know that, yes, you can have a strong and, and a day job, but you can also have a profitable business that is part-time. On the side. And the key here is that it's profitable. Yes. Yeah. It's not a hobby. It's not a hobby. Yeah. And, de- and determine and tell our listeners that distinction. What makes the difference between a profitable part-time business and a hobby? I tell everybody, everybody asks, you know, because they're pretty shocked about how everything escalated pretty quick for me. So within three years, we went from a $6,000 a year. Next year was, a, you know, $10,000 a year. And then now we're over six figures. Nice. So with that growth, it was, even as a side business, there's a lot of overhead in multimedia. So mm. you got to pay, you know, I, I would say a good percentage, you know, whether it's, it could be up to 70% depending on what you're doing because mm-hmm. you need cameraman, you need lighting, you need everything. So like when people would say like, Oh, you're shooting this big commercial, I'd be like, yeah, but I'm going to go get a Big Mac. And that's my, <laughs> that's my whole take. But that, that's the, that's the thing is that, you just you gotta know where when to hold them when to fold them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I folded my first quote media business because it was costing me so much more to keep up with the websites and everything. Because I tried doing everything that I learned from you know those internet gurus. You know, mm-hmm. get a website, do this, to click funnels, <laughs> this and that, and everything I had with that business it just did not go. And I just set out and I was like, you know what, I want to do things my way. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I started doing that way that's when things started taking off. And I think when you, when it's more than a hobby is I think to me, my definition is when you can make a car payment with it or you can pay your rent Mm. with it. That's Mm -hmm. what I say because right now I have a few expenses and you know, if I can make the the payment to the vehicle for my business, that's how I see it. Cause that's what that's to me, that's what it's making it right now. And who knows as your business develops and grows, it could become your primary source of income. Yeah. And, and you know that's that's there's nothing there's nothing wrong I could tell everybody there's nothing wrong with having a day job and, and a part time business if you're known throughout the community and you're doing positive things we did the current energy festival we did some stuff for them we we shot village fest do a lot of things that 
help our community. You know, it's Village Fest is associated with CASA, you know, mm-hmm. court advocates. I have a special well, place. Tell us what CASA is one more time. It's always so hard. Uh, court appointed special advocates. Right. I have a special place in my heart for elderly and children. And what does CASA do? I'm probably not the best spokesperson for them, but I know that they help out these kids that are going through some really tough times. I've heard some stories that, you know, they make me teary-eyed. And just to know that I was able to help them out, raise some money, and to be able to help these kids out, that's what the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. Just like there's another We just started ta- oh, working with um, Covenant Coffee. Ah, great uh, people, great people. I, I think that, like, to fo- like the foster children... And, you know, that's that's a forgotten – a lot of people forget about foster children because they're not orphans. They're not in some of the situations that we think of like, oh, these, these poor kids, but they're they're lost in the shuffle. Right. And I think for me that the most important thing is I'm, I'm willing to work with these groups that help these kids because I was never orphaned. I was never a foster child. You know, my parents were great parents, but I was a, like a rebellious kid in high school, you know, so – there was a point where I lived with my grandma for a little bit. I remember hanging out with the wrong crowd and seeing that firsthand. You know, she lived in the hood, so I saw a lot of that stuff. And uh, you know, my dad still take care took care of me and everything. But I think for that little short, it was a couple of weeks. But I learned a life lesson right there. You know, you learn down the street when the only meal that my friend would eat would be at school, or you know, the only time he would be able he'd go he would be out of the house. We'd be like, why aren't you home? You know, but you know, he was he was a foster kid. He didn't want to be in that home where that he he felt like he wasn't getting positive reinforcement. Unfortunately, his story kind of got, he's kind of in jail. <laughs> right, right. But right. Uh, um, it, it's just. But it, this has put something on your heart and that mm-hmm. owning this part-time business that's doing very well yeah. gives you the ability to go ahead and, and do something with that. I'd like to take a step back because one of the things that I've noticed is that you're, you're very articulate and, Part of that is is education, but it's also about continuing education. And as a business owner, what I found is successful business owners never stop learning. Mm-hmm. And what do you listen to? What do you read? What? How do you keep up and how do you continue to learn? Podcasts are a big part of my continuing education, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's Joe Rogan to laugh or if it's um, – if it's some other business type of podcast, I try to stay away from the gurus, mm-hmm. but I am a big Tony Robbins fan. I love nice. his stuff. Yep. Uh, but I think just being open and receptive to other points of view, because mm-hmm. a lot of times as business owners, we think, oh, well, I've done this for this many years. Well, like you said, times are changing. You got to be right. on the on, on the forefront. Um, podcasts are big. I'm, I have Audible. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big Audible person because my day job allows me to listen to that. And what book are you listening to now? Hitmakers. What's that? It's a kind of. Oh, do you know who wrote that? I could tell you. I don't. I don't know offhand. So I'm really bad at memorizing the authors' names because, <laughs> um, I read about uh, two to three books a month, mm-hmm. and I know I should be memorizing these guys' names. Uh, Derek Thompson. Okay, Hitmakers by Derek Thompson. Yes, uh, but the best book I've read in a long time. Actually, I'm gonna give you a reading list right here because. I apologize for the sniffles. I just, uh, allergies are killing me. The Trillion Dollar Coach. Ah, great book. Best book I've read in the longest. I actually And gave, who wrote that? Uh, it's a team. It was Eric Schmidt and Jonathan Rosenberg. And the other one that uh, changed my life 
was Outliers. Mm, that's another good one. Uh, that one changed my life. It changes how how I want to raise my son. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll and, actually, and who wrote Outliers? Uh, you know, I don't have it in my Audible account. Um, okay. I, I, I wish I could tell you right off the top of my head. I'm horrible. I'm good with the, the names of the books, but not the authors. Right. Because right. some of these authors have some weird names. Like you can't, you know, I'm a, I'm a Mexican dude from Delano, man. I got that public education. But tell us about the book. Why is it? Why was it such a transformative well, book in your life? I, I, first, I'll start with The Trillion Dollar Coach um, because we're, we're, always, we're always taught that, you know, these CEOs, these high-powered people, they're, they're different, they're, but they're not. We're, we're always, I always had this imagination that CEOs were uh, cut from a certain type of cloth and this and that. And then you, you read this book and you find out all the troubles that those founders of Google, the founders of Apple, the founders of all these billion-dollar companies they were going through. It sounds like stuff we go through as small business owners. And yet there's this coach from a non-unknown college program back east who comes out to Silicon Valley and has wisdom that transforms Silicon Valley. Yeah, it's just, and he gets <laughs> he gets his job because people, someone liked the advice he gave him. It's like, you know, I don't want to give away too much, but that book, if that's some that's one read, I think that she this after this holiday season when you get these little gift cards to to Amazon, I bought three versions of that book. I gave one to my manager and I gave one to our corporate development. And it was a gift for me because I, I, when I read that, I was like, this is what our company needs. For our listeners, for Visionary Nation, what is one thing that they could do today to grow a strong and profitable business? Actually, let me rephrase that. What they could do to grow a strong and profitable part-time business. Find out what you get lost in. Um mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, quick, easy money is quick, easy money, but it goes fast too. Mm-hmm. Do something that doesn't, I know, as broken record as it sounds, do something that doesn't feel like a job because the truth is you still have that day job. You still have that grind that you may or may not like. When I come home, I could be editing photos and I'll look up, it'll be six o'clock in the evening. And then I'll look up again, it's 12 a.m. And I think that's why I get lost and I get lost in it and make sure that you do something that, that you're proficient on. And Ricky, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Best way would be to check me out on Instagram, rmarsmedia, at rmarsmedia. Uh, we also have a Facebook page. If you're looking to get some work done, uh, you can go ahead and email me at ricky at rmarsmedia.com. Or if you have any of the questions, that'd be cool. Well, Ricky, this has been a pleasure. Your insight has been phenomenal here on the Small Business Celebration podcast. We thank you for being on the podcast. And we wish everybody a brand new and happy new year. Yeah, happy new year. And make sure you don't make the same bad decisions. (laughs) Ron? What's with the kazoo? That doesn't sound very much like Christmas holidays. It's because New Year's is just around the corner. And many small business leaders like to inspire their employees and their favorite clients for a terrific New Year ahead. And each time a visioneer reserves an order for our affordable tables, linens, plates, flatware, glasswares, and all the other decorations or tents you may need, we blow a kazoo. But what if I want to reserve all of our party needs from you at Geronco? Is it too late for the new year? Mike, I'll tell you and any member of Visionaire Nation that listens to this podcast, come on down to our shop at 7501 Brundage Lane here in Bakersfield or give us a call at 661 661- 
325-0855. Or check us out on our website at Joronco Rentals. That's J-O-R-O-N-C-O, rentals with an S, dot com. Wait, let me get a piece of paper and, and a pen. And that was 7501 East Brundage Lane here in Bakersfield at 661-325-0855 or on your website at Jeronco Rentals. That's J-O-R-O-N-C-O rentals.com. Who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business leader who is a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Join the Visioneer Tribe at Small Business Celebration on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.